Welcome to the Root Church Podcast. No matter what season of life we find ourselves in, we're called to bear fruit, not a temporary or withering fruit, but fruit that lasts. In this special Mother's Day message, No Turning Back, Pastor John Cherie Wilkerson shares three keys to bearing fruit with an eternal impact. Next week, we kick off a new collection of talks, Icon, exploring who the Holy Spirit is and what He does. Subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date. Now, let's lean into the message. I, I wanna dive right into the text. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 12, verse 22. And these are the words of Jesus. It says this, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And on this Mother's Day weekend, I wanna talk to you on this thought, uh, no turning back. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for family. Thank you that you uh, not only have saved us, set us free, but you've placed us in a community. We are not alone. So for those that walk through the door with a heavy heart, Lord, for those that walk through the door with questions, tuned in online, Lord, but just at a crossroads, I pray that today you'd encourage them by the power of your spirit. We believe it in Jesus' name. Come on, and all of Vuke Church said? Oh, come on, you gotta preach with me. And all of Vuke Church said? Amen. Amen. Um, As we celebrate Mother's Day, I understand that for many of you, you're celebrating and you're also grieving. There are women in this room or watching online that you are a mother and God has blessed you with kids, but today you are missing your mother. There are others of you that are estranged from your family. There are others of you that are walking through grief or there is a deep desire in your heart to have children. And I just wanna celebrate you for showing up. I wanna celebrate you for tuning in because I believe that God wants to speak specifically to your heart and to your season. You know, outside we have some beautiful flowers. The interesting thing about roses is that roses can be used for celebration. They can be used for sympathy. Roses can be used to say, I love you, and roses can be used to say, I'm praying for you. And I just wanna tell you today that the roses are for you. Whatever season you find yourself in, we speak life and the love of Jesus over you. Every single Mother's Day, I'm reminded of our eight-year infertility journey. 
We walked through infertility. We were married for 11 years before we had our first son, Wyatt. I have a five-year-old son named Wyatt, a three-year-old son named Wild, and a baby girl named Wayland, who is a year and a half old. And you know, when it comes to infertility, I'm never gonna outgrow this part of my testimony. I'm never ever for the rest of my life gonna move past it and just pretend like that was just a season and now I'm into the season that I was waiting for, no friends. That season changed my life forever. That season of infertility is when God bound me to his heart, when God bound me to his way, when God bound me to his people. He healed my heart before I ever gave birth to my son. He let me know that he had given me a purpose and a peace that I got to hold and wake up to every morning, regardless of whether I was able to bear children or not. God was the closest to me that he ever had been in my entire life as I walked through infertility. In my pain, his whispers were like shouts and he gave me purpose in the wait. And um, the Mother's Day before I found out I was pregnant, I wrote a journal entry and I ended up sharing it. And I wanted to share it again today because again, I celebrate the faithfulness of God. And I hope that if you're in a waiting season, whatever that looks like, I hope that it speaks to you. This was May 11th, 2017. So as a reminder on Mother's Day. Today I'm thinking of all the women who wanna run and hide when they hear the words Mother's Day. Yes, you. The pain is real. Sometimes it looks like there's a bright spotlight on our empty hands as we walk into church on this flower-filled day. The truth is we don't have to live this way. Sometimes we need friends to challenge us to step into the light and live instead of hide in the shadows. It's been almost eight years on my infertility journey and I'll never forget five years ago the first time I preached on Mother's Day. When I saw the rostering schedule, I thought it was a joke. What do I have to say, I thought. But the truth is, as women, if the desire is in our hearts to mother, there is never a season that God will not bring someone into your path to nurture, shape, and love. Because of Jesus, we're all loved and purposed to love others. And your mother heart is bringing a harvest right now, you'll see. So if you cry and worship this Sunday, as God once again reminds you he's got this, so be it. Let it flow. Church is our safe place, not a parade of perfection. Let your beautiful tears remind you that those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. You are celebrated, you are seen, and your bravery to live with open hands and an open heart, it's worth the fight. Head up, you're whole. Let love be your identity, let joy be your strength. Your love for others has made you a mom all along. Come on, can we put our hands together? For all the women in this house who show up to give and to serve and to sacrifice, for, for all the incredible women, we celebrate you. You know, motherhood in its essence is about fruitfulness. It's about fruit and whether you have born children through your womb or through just loving those around you in this community where God has placed you, our lives, they are meant to bear fruit. There are a lot of strong men in this room and watching online. Your life is meant, its purpose is to bear fruit. 
The way to live an eternally fruitful life is through prayer. Prayer changes things. I have a friend who says, until you pray, you can do nothing. After you pray, you can do anything. And prayer is the first step in the constant practice of a fruitful life. And I know that I am the result of a praying mother, but whether you had a praying mother or not, can I just tell you, every single one of us are the result of someone else's prayers. All of us. Come on, can we put our hands together for the people that lifted us up and brought us to Jesus before we ever knew him ourselves. All of us, we are the fruit of someone else's prayer. Prayer changes things. And when you become a mom, there's this, there's this phenomenon that is called a mom brain. Does anybody know about that? That mom brain, that fogginess, that forgetfulness, but also that emotional wave that hits you at the sight of children. It's actually a real thing. When you become a mom, it's been scientifically proven that your brain changes. It changes permanently. The amygdala, the part of your brain that is for emotional processing, it changes and it actually puts you on alert as you care for your child. That's why there's a deep sensitivity with mothers or any caregivers who, who are taking care of their children. If they see a child in harm, if they see something on the television, it can so deeply disturb them because their brain has literally been changed as they have stepped into this new season that God has prepared for them. And you know, these changes are really good because God knows what we need when we need it. But also, your brain being aware of those around you that need care and protection, it gives you the choice every single day to either choose faith or fear. And what God meant for good, left to our own flesh, can actually be turned to anxiety, to fear, to an obsession that God never meant for us as people who love those around us and steward what he's placed in our hands well. God never meant for you to step into that zone. Whatever crossroads of life you are in today, I want you to know you have two choices. It's really simple, faith or fear. Some things in life, they're clear cut and at every crossroads, you have the choice to doubt God or to trust him. And Jesus said in the passage we just read, verse 25, he says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Now, when Jesus says, who of you can add an hour to your life by worrying? I just want you to put it in the context that this is a man who is encouraging you not to worry, who knows that death is in front of him. This is a man who's telling you that worry doesn't add an hour to your life, yet he knows that in a very short time, he will be brutalized, that he will be humiliated, that he will be beaten and nailed to a cross, yet he chooses not to worry, but to trust his Father. What a beautiful example for us for us to know that we don't have to let fear creep in to any season of our life.
Our power as Christ followers is to partner with God in prayer. I remember when I became a mom, my mom has given birth to six kids. And um, my mom thinks pregnancy is the most glorious thing in life. Now friends, I don't feel that way. I waited a long time and it still wasn't easy. But I remember my mom looking into my eyes and saying, Don Cherie, this is beautiful because you are in partnership with God to create. You get to be a part of a supernatural partnership with God to create. And I think prayer is just the same. That you and I, we believe that prayer changes things. So you need a bigger lens through which you look at your personal relationship with God. Because as you choose to pray, you are in a supernatural creative partnership with God. And you know, the, the age old question remains, if God answered all your prayers, would it just change your world or would it change the world? Because prayer changes things. And we have the invitation today to partner with the creator of the universe. Our prayers partnered with God's power can change history. It's been said before that prayer is like eating, that it's a part of our daily walk. And I love that picture because sometimes, you know, my brother's wedding rehearsal dinner was about a month ago. You're about to be married for a month, Pilar, that's amazing. But we had the rehearsal dinner and I mean, it was a long drawn out. We feasted, we ate so much, we cried, we shared our hearts. Every single person in the room shared and spoke life over them. How many of you know that if every single meal was like a rehearsal dinner, you would start to not to wanna show up. You would be like, actually, I'm emotionally exhausted. Like, let me put it this way. If every time Rich walked out the door, every morning, I started to weep telling him how much I love him. Baby, I love you, let me describe it, let me. How many of you know I love my husband, but I cannot sustain the emotional energy of going there every second. And some of us, when it comes to prayer, we think that we have to have these really elaborate, emotional, over-the-top experiences with God every single day for it to be real. But that is not real relationship. That's exhausting. And if we did that every time you came to church, you would probably start to resent church and not wanna come. We're looking for authentic relationship with Jesus the type of prayers that flow in and out of our day, not just over our meals, but as we're driving in our car to work, as we're dropping our kids off at school, that we're praying over them, that we're telling God in spurts throughout our daily routine, Jesus, I love you. Thank you. Thank you, you're faithful. You're with me. You're here, I sense your peace. God, I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. There are rhythms of grace. There are rhythms of talking to God. And when we look throughout history, we see praying women who changed history. All of my kids, Wyatt, Waylon, and Wild, they all have the same middle name and it's Wesley. 
It's a family name, but it's also named after the Wesley family. Susanna Wesley was a mother that the entire Methodist church is named after the methodical approach that she took in teaching her kids the word of God. She was so devoted in her home to put the word of God in her children's hearts that it changed history. John Wesley, Charles Wesley, these men of faith changed the world, but their faith came from their mother. And you may not know her name, but her faith has changed history. And scripture tells us that she walked through so many different hardships. She lost her home. She walked through serious difficulties in her marriage. She raised all these babies. And, and the, if you read about her, you'll read that when she would get overwhelmed, just right in the middle of her kitchen, she would throw her apron over her head and start to intercede. She just found a place to pray. She found a place to talk to God. And I would encourage you in your day-to-day -day walk to just make ordinary parts of your day and life altars to God. When I had my first son, I decided that changing table was gonna be an altar to God. I decided while I was changing diapers that I could take the time to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that my son is healthy. Thank you that his organs work properly. Thank you that you answered my prayers for a miracle. And it's been an altar for me where I talk to God and where I thank him about a year ago when Wild, my second son, was still in diapers. I put him on the changing table. He had a dirty diaper. And as soon as I laid him down, he looked at me and he said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and I just realized that he was paying more attention. Then I knew, he knew that that was a place where we thanked God. And I'm telling you, you can take the most ordinary moments of your life and you can let it roll up and praise to God with a stinky diaper. You can offer thanks, you can make it a moment with you and God. My friend is a civil rights activist. And she decided when she started to have children, God spoke to her and said, I want you to close down your law firm and I want you to raise your children. She closed down her law firm and for 10 years, she stayed at home and she raised her children. She told me, Don Shuri, first came the peace, the peace of obeying God. And second came the joy. And 10 years later, she reopened her law firm and she started to work again, exchanging international laws. But make no mistake, she was always changing the world. Her faith, her prayers, her obedience. So come on somebody, every road of obedience is an offering to our God. And as we look throughout history, as we look to the word of God, we see people like Priscilla, Lydia, Anna, Deborah, Ruth, powerful women whose prayers and leadership shaped history. We look at Elizabeth in the Word of God. She trusted and served God regardless of the outcome. How many of you know that's real obedience, that's real trust? Regardless of the outcome, God, I trust you. Mary, the mother of Jesus, we know that when the promise that she would carry the Son of God came and she got the news that she was carrying him. It says she treasured these things in her heart and she pondered them. Did you know that prayer sometimes isn't what's spoken, but it's what's held? She pondered it. She didn't get on IG, she didn't write a blog post, she didn't get out there, no, she, 
She said, God, it's me and you, I'm gonna wrestle with this. I don't understand it. You may be in a season that you don't understand. Allow God to fill the space of your heart that is full of questions. Take the time to ponder. That's not the only time we see the word ponder. We're encouraged through the Psalms and the Proverbs to ponder God's way, to ponder His law, to ponder His truth, to take deep thought as we pray and consider what God has called us to. You know, there's a lot of communities of moms today that are full of fear. There've been a few mom chats that I've had to get off of because it was just so nitpicky and so critical and so full of fear. But friends, when you're surrounded by a community of moms of faith, it changes everything. You get a bigger picture. You get some grit. You get some resolve. You're strengthened by the faith that is spoken over you. What does it mean to give your kids to the Lord? You know, Hannah, we read in the scriptures that before she even gave birth to her son, she says this, oh Lord of hosts, if you don't know the story, she's crying out to God and she's crying so hard at church that they think that she's drunk. But she does not stop asking God to give her a child. Her passionate prayers are heard by God and God answers. But she says, O Lord of hosts, if you'll indeed look at the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No razor shall touch his head. What does it look like to give your children to God? Well, friend, I would challenge you, before you can give your children to God, you've got to give yourself wholeheartedly to God. The way that we lead is not by our words, but it's by our example. We're called to bear fruit, not just through prayer, but through practice. Somebody say practice. It's interesting because Jesus, the passage we opened up in, Verse 29, he says, do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things and your father knows that you need them, but seek the kingdom. Somebody say, seek the kingdom. These things will be given to you as well. Seek the kingdom. How many of you know that prayers lead to obedience? And obedience always leads to practicing your faith. When we talk at Vue Church about being a disciple, we're talking about actually following Jesus, not just talking about who he is, not just getting excited when our favorite song plays, but actually following Jesus. And the life of following Jesus is a disciplined life where our life suddenly starts to resemble the disciplines that Jesus showed us when he walked on this earth. Fasting, prayer, worship, submission, confession, solitude. These are all opportunities for us to be shaped in the image of Jesus. We know that Jesus's father was a builder. He was a builder and how many of you know you don't learn to build things? Like my friend Sam, he can build anything. He's on the second row today. You don't learn to build things by watching TikTok. You learn to build things by actually building things. 
So when it comes to actually walking out your faith, you can talk about it a lot, but then the walk actually has to set in. You can think about it, you can ponder it, but now I've got to start practicing it. I'm thankful for all of our college students here at VU. You may not know this, but we have an incredible college here. And I love all of our students. And this past semester, we've been studying the spiritual disciplines. And so all of these spiritual disciplines, every week we gather and we talk about one. And this class is not just me teaching them. No, it's a robust conversation where every single student shares how they are applying and working and wrestling through experiencing these spiritual disciplines. Jesus is saying, consider the ravens, consider the flowers. Discipleship takes time to consider and then you apply it. Consider the flowers, consider the ravens, do not worry. It leads you to a place of decision. And this week is a decision week. Because if you're looking to practice your faith, I don't know a better first step than to join a VU crew. I just gotta tell you, this isn't a plug. This isn't to promote something we're doing. We're doing it because we want you to be able to practice your faith. And maybe you've sat on the wall. You've shown up for a couple years now. The invitation still stands. Whatever age you are, whatever part of Miami, or even for our friends and family watching online, will you practice your faith by deciding to have real conversations about how what the Word of God that we've studied on Sunday applies to your Monday? It's so easy to start to practice your faith because you've already taken the first step. You've decided to be a part of a community. For all the soon-to-be parents, I realize that there are people watching online, people that have the desire to be a mom, to be a dad, even people in the room that maybe nobody knows that you're carrying a child, but you are, we celebrate you. Listen, you can read all the books, you can get all the advice, you can prepare all you want, but nothing you can do beforehand can fully prepare you for what you will experience. Come on, can somebody testify? It is a baptism that you have to actually experience. Not only does your, your brain change, your, your schedule changes, everything, your sleep patterns change, your budget changes. Your body changes. You can't describe it. You can't understand it until you actually experience it. It's the same with following Jesus. It's time to practice our faith. It's time to take it from Sunday into the rest of our week. As much as I'm teaching my kids today, as much as I am keeping these tiny humans alive, literally, moment by moment, can I just tell you that I am the one that's learning the most? Can I just tell you that I am the one that's changing? That it is the most humbling, stretching, faith-filled, drive me to my knees, seeking the face of God, all the time experience. The waiting season drove me to my knees, but it just prepared me to live in a constant state of dependence on God because I know that I am not in control. 
And I know that I need the providence of my God to protect, to provide, and to create a path for our family by the power of His Spirit. Come on, are there any families that would say, we're depending on God holy? I'm desperate. It's a, it's a on-the-job training. On-the-job training. On-the-job equipping. Historically, uh, a mother and a father's work in the home of raising their children hasn't really been looked at uh, a great spiritual discipline. I think oftentimes in the church, we look at people who have walked away and created a life of solitude in a monastery or, or made a pledge as being the highest spiritual discipline. But could we be missing out on God's story that he's telling through the fabric of humanity to shape us in his image? Sacrifice, unselfishness, surrender, I love the story of the theologian Ronald Rollheiser. He tells a story of doing a teaching on, on prayer and he was challenging everyone in the room. You need to pray for at least an hour a day. And he says that after the session that a young mom came up looking exhausted and said, I hear what you're saying about praying an hour, but honestly, I don't have one hour to myself. Every hour of my day and even in the night is consumed with caring for my children in this season. And he says, if he would have been younger on the journey that he may have chastised her and said, well, you need to figure it out. But through maturity, he looked into her eyes and he said, you know what? He said, when we study monks who remove themselves from the busyness of life to seek God and to be shaped in their image, it is a setting aside of everything. And you stepping into this new season as a young mother and surrendering your life to raising and loving your children, it too is a setting aside. You too have been removed from society removed from the normal daily easy schedule of focusing on yourself and what you need and he said just like others may remove themselves in solitude to be shaped by God I believe that as you surrender your moments to God that he is using your children to shape you in his image Make no mistake, he was not making an excuse to not talk to God. He was saying, bring God into all of it. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Trust him. Let God's hands bring out the fruit of the spirit. Don't you know that being a parent and sacrifices everything, it produces patience. <laughs> it produces kindness. It produces gentleness. Somebody said, yeah, it produces long suffering. Surrender to God. God uses this season that he's orchestrated since the beginning of time. It is woven into the fabric of humanity. He uses it to make us have the heart of God. It's deeply convicting because most days I'm just saying, God, I need a getaway. God, I need a break. Get me away. Yet my every day holds everything that God is desiring. 
He just wants our surrender. It's really encouraging on the flip side. My home is a sanctuary. My home is where the Holy Spirit teaches me His ways, and He will be teaching us together for the rest of our lives. C.S. Lewis says, we must stop regarding unpleasant or unexpected things as interruptions of real life. The truth is that interruptions are real life. Don't curse the interruptions. God's doing something in you. On this journey, we choose prayer, we choose practice. But as you practice, you have to understand that you're walking. And what are you walking? You're walking a pilgrimage. Will you say that with me today? Pilgrimage. You may have never said that word out loud before. But it's what you're on. It's a holy journey. Because we as God's people, we are a peculiar people called out of the world and put on a journey, a path towards eternity. And we're just pilgrims in this world. We are just passing through. Now, when you study the Jewish people three times a year, they would pilgrimage to Jerusalem. We can read of Jesus making that journey with his family and Jewish families would practice the disciplines of their faith daily, but then they would make pilgrimage. Then their daily disciplines would lead them on this journey together. And I think in our families, our disciplines have to be centered not just on creating a beautiful, fruit-filled life here, but on storing up treasures in heaven. That's what this pilgrimage is about. Understanding that the real thing that we're looking towards is heaven, eternity with Jesus. Anything that we see on this side of eternity pales in comparison to what awaits us. And what Jesus is saying to us in Luke is, don't get your heart so tied up in the here and now. Here and now is not what you are a part of. Yes, you have a body, but you are an eternal soul. That's who you are. And your eternal soul has a seed of eternity within it. And even now, eternity calls you to where you belong. So please don't worry about the things that are not worth worrying about. Please don't worry about stuff. I don't care how beautiful it is. It's junk. I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm not gonna obsess about it. It's gonna rot. It's gonna fade. We gotta shake ourselves. We live in a fast-moving city and in a fast-moving world that tries to tell us that success is accumulating all of these things. And I'm sure your portfolio looks good and I'm sure that as you graduate college, you've got a plan to make an imprint on the world. But friends, let us not run the race for what we gain on this side of eternity. It is worthless. And if you attach your heart to it, you've missed where the joy comes from. Your joy is fleeting because things are fleeting. I don't know what the economy holds. My heart and my joy is not tied to the arc of the economy. I don't know what the future holds for our nation. I'm not a part of this world. I'm a part of the kingdom of God. It's an upside down culture. It doesn't make sense to anybody else, but I'm gonna stay rooted, focused, excited, and expectant that I'm a part of that country. 
I was talking to my grandmother. She came in for my brother and Pilar's wedding um, last month, and she's just my hero. I just love her with all my heart. She's been in ministry for, you know, 60 plus years, and she continues to show me what it looks like to live a life of faithfulness. And I talked her into staying an extra week with me. She just hung with me everywhere I went. She was just with me. And she's the easiest person in the world to talk to. And we were talking about how her dad was raised in the Great Depression. And we were talking about the persecution she went through in planting her church so many years ago, Pentecostal church. We were talking about the seasons she had walked through of poverty, of not having a home, of owning everything that she had in the back seat of her car. My dad as a two-year-old, we were talking through the hardships. She said, Don, sure, you know, it's interesting. Um, I noticed that people don't talk about heaven a lot anymore. She said, when I was growing up in church, all we did was talk about heaven. It's all we had to hold on to, to hope for. Now everybody's got their house, they got their car, Everything's going pretty smoothly. Yeah, there's pain in the world, but God has blessed this nation and He has blessed this generation. Everyone is so rooted in the here and now that I don't even hear anybody talk about it anymore. How many of you know that's not the heart of God for us? That our heart and our focus should not be focused on accumulating things. After all, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us this, all these, and this is the hall of faith, all those ordinary men and women who just stepped into what God created and trusted Him, just like you're doing today. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, for those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But friends, their mind was not on the place that they were called out from. Their mind was on eternity. They could see the promises of God from afar. They waved to it, Scripture says. They greeted it. They couldn't see it in the natural. But through the eyes of faith, they said, there's the family, the generation to generation family that I belong to. There's a song that we sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. There is no offer that the world can put before you that is worth turning back. I'm not turning back from prayer. I'm not turning back from practice. I'm not turning back from my pilgrimage. As we raise our children, let them sense even deeper than the words we say that all the stuff around us is just stuff. It's just stuff. You can preach it all you want, but do you believe it? What's your heart tied to? What's your joy tied to? Oh, here's a deeper question. What's your peace tied to? What's your security tied to? Because there is no security on this side of eternity besides the name of Jesus. Everything else is gonna crumble in faith. But as mothers and fathers of this house, we say as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will love the Lord. We will lift our eyes to eternity where our King rules and reigns and where we will be with Him forever.
you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we aren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in your next steps on your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com forward slash online. We love you.